Welcome to New City Church. This is Matt Freeman, and we are so thankful you are studying the Word of God with us. Jesus founded New City after our forever home, the New Jerusalem from Revelation 21. He wrote our mission statement to foster, strengthen, and grow an unashamed bride looking for Jesus' return. Let's lean completely on the anointing of the Holy Spirit to teach us all things from 1 John 2.27. God is so eager to teach you the depth of his word. Enjoy the study. Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for this time together. Lord, we thank you for your provision over our families and our lives. God, we thank you so much for a new year. God, what a special blessing to gather as your people and as your community on a new year the first day to dedicate this year to you, Lord. And we, we lay down whatever, whatever we have in our lives, God, we lay it down at the throne room of the universe right now. at your feet, Jesus. And we thank you and we pray that you would take our lives and do with it what you would. Lord, we are here to serve you. We are here to walk through this world with you. And God, while we are here, we will occupy with an expectation, Lord, that we can meet you at any time. And we thank you for your word that is infallible. We thank you for your anointing within each one of us that can teach us everything, God. And we pray that you would be with us today as we celebrate the beginning of a new year. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so the Lord titled this short message, uh, Free in 2023. He kind of has a, he, he likes to rhyme sometimes, so free in 2023. And my, my challenge to all of us for this new year is going to be a renewed commitment to the Word of God in 2023. And, you know, a lot of times for New Year's Day, a lot of people have New Year's resolutions and, oh, I'm going to do this, this diet or this workout plan or save more money or anything like that. Those are great, nothing wrong with that. But my challenge to you is to make at the top of your list this year for New Year's a renewed commitment to the Word of God and to to let it transform and lead you this year in 2023. So a time of renewing your mind. Romans 12.2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? The renewing of your mind. Now, notice in Romans 12, 2 here that you have to renew your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's hard to discern and hear the will of God when you are not in the word of God. And it's really difficult to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit when you're not giving him a place in your life to stay in tune with. And so that's the, you've got to notice the last part of Romans 12 too. That's probably the most important part, is that you have to renew your mind so that you can discern what God's will is for our lives, for your life and my life. And let's look at the connection here of spouses in a strong, sanctified church with Ephesians 5, 24 through 27 Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be 
to their own husbands and everything. So the model of us, we are the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. He is the bridegroom. We are in subjection to him. And that model is set up in a micro way, a micro level within the marriage, right? The bridegroom being the man and the bride being the wife. So wives to be their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So husbands, in this new year, we've got to take a stance of sacrificial giving to our spouses and our families. And that may be time, it may be energy, it may be at the end of the day, the work day, when you've really got nothing left and you come home but your kids want an hour of your time on the, on the basketball court or something, do that. Sacrifice for your family. Now, look at the back part of these verses though. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. What is it? The church. So when the husband and the wife are modeling properly the relationship that we as the church are to have with Christ, the, the church is sanctified and cleansed. The church is. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So our marriages are to be a model of the relationship between Christ and the church. And our marriage should be without spot and blemish. We should be in unison with one another. We should be in submission to one another, sacrificial giving and submission. And when that happens, there's a lot less tension. You know, when it doesn't happen, you can find tension within your own household where uh, someone is trying to fill the void that someone else is not properly acting out in such a way. Okay, so you have the renewing of your mind, with the washing of the water. Okay, remember that. This, this is a process we're gonna go through. Your thoughts can cultivate many different outcomes in your life. Your know, thoughts are powerful. The enemy speaks into your life in some regard. They can stir up anger, greed, lust, depression, anxiety, stress, fear, addictions, obsessive working, people-pleasing, and the list can go on and on and on. Insecurity. Or we can be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, like we covered in Romans 12, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So renewing our minds in God's word, then you let it diagnose you from Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God is a divisive instrument. It's a surgical instrument. And so when you use it, you're renewing your mind because it's separating out what is of the world and the flesh and what is of the spirit from God. And it's starting to pull those apart so that your spirit can operate without influence of the world. And so it's starting to divide that sharper than any sword. It's a surgical instrument. It's not a, it's not a sledgehammer. You know, it's not a battle ax that just goes in and starts hacking things. It's piercing out exactly what it needs to take out. 
and it starts to draw it out so that you start to distinguish when you feel angry, your spirit is in control and knows what to do about it. Okay, so you're dividing it out and you're dividing it, divides out the world out of your life. Then it washes us from the, the passages we just read in Ephesians 5, verse 26. And thus, as a result, it gives us life from Matthew 4.4 4 and John 14. Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus said, but he answered and said, it is written. Now, this is another reason why it's so critical, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but to be in God's word, you have to be able to respond to the world and to the enemy, it is written, and quote it. The enemy does not care what you or I say. He only cares what God says. And if you can't quote what God says, then you, are, you will be on the battlefield without a gun or a sword or whatever instrument you want to use as an example. But man does, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every word. That means in Leviticus, when there's some weird ritual about what to do for a priest if he had leprosy and there was a certain color hair in a mole and that that means that that matters because you and I live by that word it's powerful it may not have much meaning to us right now because you and I don't operate in that world but it is the word of God every single one of them is the word of God and out of the mouth of God look at John 14:6 Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, the life is a person. The life is a man, and his name's Jesus. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so you have to live not on bread alone, but by the word of God, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, because that word is the life. You can't have life if you're not in the word of God. If you're not submitting your life to Jesus and renewing your mind with the washing of the water of the word and letting it separate out the world from you and thus having life, you will fail in this life that we're walking through. The enemy will take you out at some point because you're not equipped to handle it. You're not equipped properly to go out onto the battlefield now, the word of God, look throughout the Bible here. 1 Samuel 9, 27. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But stand thou still a while that I may show thee the word of God. Now that stand still should remind you of the Red Sea moment. Remember when they were up against the Red Sea and Moses said, be still and see the deliverance of your God? Okay, that same kind of concept, but for you and I, we need to be still and let the Lord pour his word into us. It's difficult to, to really get into the word of God when you are, you're trying to do it on the road or you're trying to do it while other things are going on in the house or kids are running around or you know, you're in between work calls or whatever it is, it's hard. It's really difficult to really get that. So what you need to do is be still and carve out some time that you can be still before God. You need to turn your phone on airplane mode. You need to not be in front of a, a computer or a, a television. Sit and get a hard copy of the Bible and open it.
and sit there and be still and just let God speak to you. Commit, commit 30 minutes a day to do it. It doesn't have to be an hour-long event, right, that you're trying to squeeze in. Maybe it grows to that. I'm just saying you can start small. And the small, when you start small and it changes you, then you realize, I need more of this. I need more of this. I'm growing. I like how this feels. My mind is renewed. Things that bothered me don't bother me anymore. I'm having more provision in my life than I've ever experienced before in terms of joy, happiness, contentment, excitement about my day, and I want more of that. So be still. Look at Luke 8, 21. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. So Jesus, there's a connection here. Jesus didn't just say, hey, you're with me if you just hear the word of God. My brethren are those that hear it and take action out of it. They do something with it. They don't just take it like the parable of the talents. Remember the one guy that took it and buried it and did nothing with it? And then the master comes and says, take what he has and give to someone else. Because he took it for granted. He did nothing with it. So New City, you know, we are committed here to teaching just the word of God and nothing else. And it's a place where you will hear the word of God. A lot of, a lot of the messages are just reading scripture up on a screen. But it's up to you to take it into action. You know, when you leave this place, it's up to you and I to actually do something with it for your family. Look at Luke eleven twenty eight, But he said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. So again, there's an action coming out of hearing it and keep it. Now that, that word in the Greek, keep it, it means to observe, beware, guard it, care for, to tend, to let it take control of something that you're doing in your life. You're keeping it, you're holding on to it, and you're giving it a place in your life, okay? Acts 6, 7, and the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now notice that the word of God increased and it was followed by people. One of the major challenges that just as a global church, this is not one church in particular, but as a global church is that we we tend to try to bring people into church to grow the church that really don't want to be a part of the church, right? They, they like the community, they like the, the fellowship, they like maybe the meals or whatever, but donuts, yes, donuts. But they really don't have a place in their life for the word of God. And, and as a result things start to slip into the congregation. They are the wolves in sheep's clothing, right, that Ephesians warns about. And what's more dangerous than that, I, Randy and I were listening to a, a message on a documentary film that I think we'll watch here at the church at some point as a group. It's called Enemies Within the Church. And one of the things the, the guy said that just hit me really hard is, what's more dangerous than wolves in sheep's clothing are shepherds in wolves' clothing, or wolves in shepherd's clothing, I think is what he said, but the leaders of the church, right, allowing it 
and not, and not giving the word of God to the people and sticking to the word of God. So the great number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of, of the priests were obedient. So remember, there's a tie there at the end, at the end to keeping it, doing it, obedience to it. Okay, just notice the actions going on. So we need to let the word of God grow and multiply in our lives. That's the challenge. As we're in the new year, everybody's excited about January 1st. This only happens once every seven years that we'll get to meet on a Sunday on New Year's. But let the word of God multiply in your life, Acts 12, 24. But the word of God grew and multiplied. You know, when something, when you feed something, it grows. You know, kids, kids that are malnourished or they stay on, on milk or whatever it is too long, their growth is stunted, right? But what happens the second your kid starts to turn from liquid, a liquid diet as a toddler to now wanting a filet or some steak or a roll with butter on it that's delicious, maybe from Texas Roadhouse, but it's, they all of a sudden grow immediately. It's incredible. You take them one meal there and they grow six inches. It's just, it's incredible. But that's what happens right on solid food. You, all of a sudden you, you shift gears to eating the meat and you start to grow quickly and my challenge to all of you is that if you would just give this 30 days, you would see such a radical transformation in your life that you would never change. You would not want to go back because you would grow exponentially. And Acts 19.20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. See, when you let it grow in your life, it prevails in your life. And you need to hold on to that promise because there are a lot of things trying to prevail in your life that want to take a place. Things of the world, things of the flesh, things of the enemy, attacks from the enemy. It goes on and on. There's a lot trying to prevail in your life, in my life. But if you have the word of God there as a buffer, as a defense and an offense, then the enemy can't have a place. When you empty a house, you've got to fill it with the Holy Spirit, with the word of God. Now, you and I, we've got to be truthful in studying, handling, and using the word of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2. But have encouraged the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Did you know that you can handle the word of God deceitfully? You can. That's how false doctrine enters the church. You handle the word with only sections that you want. And three times in the Bible, God says, do not add or take away from my word. We've got to live our lives under the whole counsel of God's word, not just the pieces that we like. And, you know, I heard on that, doc that documentary that Randy and I were watching with enemies within the church, one of the things this, this pastor was renouncing his stance on gay marriage uh, and his stance he was coming out and confessing to people that he got it wrong and he wanted to apologize for it and it really is right. And his reason behind it was that we need to whisper about what God whispers about. And I was sitting there listening to it going, this is so twisted. If God says it once, that's kind of enough for me. 
And we need to cling to the entire counsel of God's word. Just because God doesn't define marriage in every chapter of the Bible doesn't mean he didn't mean it in Genesis when he set it up to begin with. And he says it in Romans over and over. So you have to, you've got to be in the entire counsel of God's word. You can't, you can't just stick to, I, I've got a, a friend of mine that loves to, he wants to only stick with the gospels. And there's nothing wrong with the gospels, but it's not the entirety of God's word. And so he, he just misses a lot of things because he sticks to those four books. You've got to fill your entire spirit with the entire counsel of God's word. Otherwise, you can handle the word of God deceitfully, as it says in 2 Corinthians 4.2. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, you want to make sure you're handling the word of God not deceitfully, but truthfully because of the armor of God, Ephesians 6.17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, our only offensive weapon in this world is the word of God. When you read the armor of God from Ephesians 6, every single item is defensive in nature. The shoes, the belt, the girdle, the breastplate, the helmet, the shield, it's all defensive except one item, and that's the sword of the spirit, the word of God. It's the only item that you and I can pick up, and we have to handle it truthfully, otherwise we will fail in the battle. And so you can't go out into this war, the war that's waging for your children, for your lives, your marriage, unless you have the entire weapon. You don't want to go out with, a, with half a sword or a, a handle that doesn't have the, whatever you call that cover, you know, over it, a sheath. Yes, thank you, J.E. But you want to go out with the entire sword of God. And remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan was trying to tempt him, every single response that Jesus had was from the Bible and he started with, it is written. And he started with, to Satan, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he quoted Deuteronomy, most of them. Now, if he sets the model for us in everything, that's what you and I should be doing. If you're going through a hard time in your life, Get a set of post-it notes and write out on the top of 80,000 of them. It is written and go write down 80,000 Bible verses and post them all over your room on your, yes, very simple. Put them on your mirror, on your, on your steering wheel, on the, the door to your bedroom, over the threshold to your house. I mean, go and spread the word of God everywhere that you look so that that is all you are seeing. It is powerful. It works. I am telling you from experience, it works. And if you don't, if you've never tried it, just try it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we've got to let the word of God work effectually in us. Effectually. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth, in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. See, when you, when you receive, one of the things that God's talking about here is a lot of people, Christians, 
heard someone speak or, or heard someone teaching the word of God or reading it, and they, they received it as a word from a man. When you hear someone read the word of God, receive it as the word of God. That's what it is. Let it sink into your life and receive it effectually and let it work in you. 1 Timothy 4, 5, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. See, the seventh item to the, to the Ephesians armor, the seventh item that's not something you put on, it's an action, is prayer. So after the sword of the spirit, there's prayer. So you need the word of God and prayer. Fasting and prayer are your heavy artillery, you know, in this war that we're all in. So if you've never, if you've never done a three-day fast or a two-day fast or fast from something in your life, you know, social media or whatever it is, try that this year. Just try to fast and just see the spiritual acceleration that takes place. It's not an experience. It's something that Jesus told us all to do. And if you're praying, I mean, in fact, it's how certain demons are cast out, right? Matthew 17, Jesus said, this one comes out not but by prayer and fasting. So there's something important about fasting in our lives that executes a, a spiritual impact in the spiritual world. Daniel did it for 21 days. He ate nothing pleasant, and it took 21 days for the angel to get the message to him. Now, a lot of you might be wondering, well, what if he had only fasted for 18 or 20 or 19? You know, would he have still gotten the message? I don't know. That's one of the things I'm going to ask Daniel when we get there. But it took 21 days of him fasting and praying for that angel to break through the power, the prince of the power of Persia to get a message to him. So it's important. It's important to be a part of our lives. 2 Timothy 2.9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. See, the word of God is nothing but freedom. There's only freedom in the word of God. Everything of the world is enslavement and bondage. And the word of God is not here to, to bind you up and keep you in a box. It is to set you free. That's one of the most common things you can hear from people that don't want to accept Jesus, right? Well, I've got to follow all these rules then. You know, I'm going to, be, I'm going to have to do this or not do this or, you know, I just, want to, I just want to live my life, man. It's one of my friends from college said that. But it's not, that's, the word of God is not binding, it's, it's amazing how it's actually by following him and living in his guidelines, it's freeing. It's amazing. And it sounds so counterintuitive, right? But the cross is to them that perish foolishness. They don't understand it. Okay, if the word of God can frame the very time domains in which we are living in right now, I promise it can correct, shape, frame, and give life to you individually. The word of God was powerful enough to take eternity and carve out a piece and bind it in time. It can do anything in your life. If it can do that, it can do anything. And that's exactly what the Lord means in Hebrews 11 verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Those worlds, remember, are time domains. 1 John 2.24, I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, 
because ye are strong. Why are we strong? And the word of God abideth in you. For to abide, you've got to be in it constantly. And ye have overcome the wicked one. So because the word of, you can be strong if the word of God abides in you, and if it abides in you, you can overcome the wicked one. Again, it's a pattern. Now, you and I, when you let the word of God abide in you, just be prepared to be rejected from the world because of it. Revelation 1.9, that's why John was sent to Patmos when the, when the Lord met him. Jesus met him personally and wrote the book of Revelation. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, small t, not the great tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos. Why was he there? For the word of God. See, he would not back off. He, he would not submit and denounce his Christ, his Messiah. He was determined that he didn't care if it meant he was going to live alone on an island for the rest of his life and starve to death. He was not rejecting Jesus and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. See, the word is your answer to everything because then Jesus came and personally met him and sustained him. And then he eventually met, went back to, to the mainland where he, where he died. But we can't add to it or take away from it. That's twice in Deuteronomy and once in Revelation. And we, we talked about that a little bit ago. But you've got to stay exactly with what it says. The word of God is our king, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So before his name was Jesus, his name was the Word. The Word was from the beginning. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. See, we're walking through a very dark world. If you're, if you're living in a world that can, that can slaughter 60, 60 million babies in the womb in 2021 alone, it's a dark world that we live in. And they're not going to comprehend you and I. They're not going to comprehend your children when they go to school and they bring light into the classroom. But the, but the darkness cannot stay where there is light. Just keep that in mind. When you're in a room and you bear the Holy Spirit, you have the authority in that room. You have the authority because the darkness cannot stay there. You're, you are bringing the light of the, of the entire universe into a room. The life, the light, the word of God that spoke whoever's in that room into existence. It's powerful, and he has tabernacled amongst us from John 1.14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt or tabernacled in the Greek among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what the word brings. It's full of grace and truth. And the word is coming back to rule and reign. So in the beginning was the word. At the end of the history of all of mankind is going to be the word. Man's entire history is bookended by the word. And it's one of the reasons why you and I need to get to know him right now. You're going to spend eternity with the word. And so 
you should take the opportunity now to get to know him. Revelation 19, 13, and he was clothed, clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. That's not his, that's his enemies. Remember at the battle of Armageddon, he speaks, all of his enemies are wiped out. You and I are there with him and his name is called the word of God. The word of God is coming to set everything right again. And so my challenge to all of us in 2023 as we start this new year is to deepen your relationship with the word. And kids, even if you don't understand it, just read it. Just read it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to understand it. It's not a logical exercise. It's a spiritual one. And when you read it, you will grow in your understanding of it over time. It may take years, but just do it and stay consistent with it and let the Lord show you exactly what he has for you in it. The reading plan is an app you can all download. If you haven't downloaded this, it is, it's a plan to read through the Bible in one year. <clears throat> in chronolo- I, I set it to chronological order myself because I like to read it in order of events, um, but there's different plans you can set it to. It's not a devotional. It just tells you today, read these three chapters or two chapters or these verses, whatever. And if you stick to it, it also has little check boxes. So it makes you feel really good as you, as you click throughout the day that, okay, I did Genesis 1 today, check. And as an engineer, I like the, uh, the action list to check off. But if you stay with it, you can read through the entire Bible in a year for about 20 minutes a day, if you stick with it. If you... If that's just reading it, okay, now what I would encourage all of you to do, and I think I did this a couple years ago, is to get a journal and don't just read it, but study it. And the first time I went through it, it took me 18 months, and the Lord will answer every single one of your questions if you'll just write them down and take it to him and let him be your teacher. You don't need to pick up anything else. There's nothing wrong with picking up anything else. I'm not, don't dis, I'm not disparaging that. I'm encouraging you to give a place for Jesus to teach you first. Because when you do that, your Google search will be different. The books you find will be different. The speakers you may run across will be different. You will hear things that you didn't even know you needed to hear. I, I'm telling you from my personal experience. <clears throat> because it was, it was after going through the Bible... I don't know, two or three times at this point in my life. When we, <clears throat> when we had moved back, or moved back to Oklahoma, I was, I was driving on the highway, and, and I had a lot of science questions out of the Bible that I'd written down. And I was, I was on the highway, and I heard a six-minute clip from a guy explaining the long day of Joshua from a scientific lens that was exactly something I wanted to hear and needed to hear. And I pulled over, I'll never forget, I was on I-35 by Danforth, and I pulled over, and I just wept. And I was praising God for it, and he just, he just spoke to me, just like, hey, I want to introduce you to someone. And his name's Chuck. And his name was Chuck Missler, he's died, you've all heard me talk about him, but the Lord introduced me in a very personal way to him to teach me a lot of things about science that I was looking for, and that I, needed, I wanted answers to. But if you will give him that space from 1 John 2.27, he will take care of it. You might have something different 
right? For me, it was a lot of science and math questions and things I wanted to learn. And for you, it might be something different. And, but let the Lord guide you. That's the, that's the key. Because 1 John 2, 27, the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And ye need not any man to teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. See, when you let him teach you, then he will abide in you and you abide in him. That's part of that promise. So we've all got to deepen our desire to learn and build our faith. Remember, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of thing, things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's important because without it, it's impossible to please God. And we have to go get it by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I've, I think I've showed you all this card before, but this is when you give him space, he will answer your prayers and teach you. Because that was a card I wrote over 20 years ago now that I wanted him to give me, to teach me the book of Revelation so I could help teach others. And that's, that's he answered that prayer. It was 226 months to the day that, that he founded New City. So it may take decades. It may take days. It may take weeks. But when you do that, you then also begin to fully trust and surrender your life to him. And for 2023, as you get into the word of God, just think and search deeply. You know, are there areas in your life that you need to surrender more of to him? Surrender all of it to him. Maybe there's a piece you've been holding on to. Maybe there's a piece that you haven't quite let him in yet. Maybe there's something more that you know the Lord's been impressing on you to uh, spend more time in prayer for your kids. Maybe it's uh, to make sure that uh, this year you, you go with your family once a week to do something special. I don't know what it is, but let him guide you because he really wants to strengthen all of us in this room. And he wants to strengthen your marriages, your life personally, the relationships you have. He wants, he wants to write your finances. This was, I saw a, I saw a, a chart yesterday this year, 2022, last year now, that's weird to say, 2022 was the worst year on record since 1847 for stocks and bonds together, both of them just plummeting for the entire year. You know, he, but when you're in him, he provides. When you're trusting in the Lord, he provides. In a supernatural way, he will provide. So don't let the world, what's looming on the horizon as you see it, get excited. You know, because it's, it's number one, it's something you get to walk through and trust the Lord with. Number two, it means he is even closer to bringing us home. Everything you see setting up. And so in this new year, you know, do you trust him? Do you really trust him? And as you get into the word of God, you're going to notice more and more as he as he makes, kind of lifts the fog prophetically for all of us on what's going on. I've heard, I heard a great Bible teacher years ago say, the generation closest to the end will understand it the best. And that is so true. That is so true. Because even, I mean, think about it. In the 1800s, they, had, they didn't have weapons of mass destruction that could wipe out every flesh on earth. 
know, but Jesus says in Matthew 24, unless those days be shortened, no flesh would survive. Now, you can't really visualize that, right, on how they did warfare in the Old Testament. And really, the warfare was the same all the way up until the invention of gunpowder. And even then, it was, you know, muskets and bayonets. You know, everyone's not going to die through that. <laughs> but, but now, with one button, someone, one country, some rogue nation could wipe out everyone on planet Earth with just pushing one button. I mean, that's, just think about that. That's wild. But you, we, you and I understand now what Jesus meant by that. And so we get a clearer picture of what is on the horizon. And so we've got to rightly divide, right? The return of Jesus to gather his church and his return to earth in power. And so if you are, if you've stumbled across this video, if you're in this room and you don't know the, the Lord as your savior, do not, do not delay. You've got to get into the ark before the door closes. And it's really simple. It's Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And when you do that, Isaiah 1, 18 says, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And that's exactly what happens. When you surrender your life to Jesus, to the word of God, because he is the word, everything in your life turns from scarlet to white, everything, because you're covered with his blood, not your own. And he's the only God that will ever tell you, I'll go and die for you. You don't have to do anything else. Every other religion, every other little G God says, no, you need to go do all of this and blow yourself up or do this and then you'll get rewarded. He's the only one, the only one that said, I'll step off my throne. I will surrender to the, to the Father. I will bear every single thing that anyone that's ever lived will ever do in their lives for eternity. I'll bear it for them so that they never have to do anything about it except ask me for forgiveness. That's it. And praise God for it. You know, he stepped down for us. And so when you, when you get saved and you're born again, your spirit is born again. And so then when you rightly divide, rightly asunder the dividing of the soul and the spirit with the word of God, it's then that that takes place. You can't do it beforehand. You have to get born again first. Okay, so with that, my challenge to all of you for 2023 is to deepen your relationship with the word. Master it. Let it be something that you take so serious that it has priority in your daily life. You know, there's a lot of things, again, vying for our attention, vying for our affection, vying for, for us to spend time on, but make it the top priority. Don't let a day go by that you don't spend some time with Jesus in the word. And, and if you do that, your life and your family life and your children, it will be a radical transformation, I promise you. And if you need help with anything, you can always reach out to us. If you need a journal, if you need a Bible, if you need anything, we'll, we'll get it for you. Okay, so with that, I'll close this in prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for the start of a new year. And God, we do dedicate 2023 to you. God, we thank you that by the word 
we are not bound, but set free. And Lord, we pray that in 2023, we would be free and free indeed. God, let us walk in total freedom. Lord, from Isaiah 61, you said that you came to set the captives free. Lord, there is a lot in this world to take us captive. And we pray that by your word, you would set us free and break the chains that can so easily beset us in our walk. Lord, do not let our, our walks grow idle as Lot's wife. Don't let us look back at the world, Lord, but let us look ahead to you, Jesus. As you said, any man that puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Lord, we want to look ahead. You have a great harvest. You have a great call in our lives. And Lord, our time here is so short. Let us use it in a fruitful manner for your kingdom. So Lord, we dedicate 2023 to you and we thank you for the opportunity to gather on this New Year's Day and to be together and to celebrate. Lord, we pray that we would see you in the breaking of bread and that we would enjoy this time of community and fellowship and strengthen our families as we go out into this world in this new year. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.